Hey, future RTs. Welcome to VRES RT Study Hall. This podcast is meant to help break down what you're learning in the lecture, and I'll give you some practice questions at the end. This episode is a part of the Mechanical Ventilation series, and you'll find more on this topic in the Interactive Mechanical Ventilation Study Course at www.myvresp.com. We talked about airway pressures in the previous episode, and now we're going to get deeper into using them to calculate compliance and resistance, and we're going to talk about what those numbers actually mean. You probably talked about compliance and resistance in cardiopulmonary AMP, but many students have kind of forgotten about it when they get to mechanical ventilation, or they never quite fully understood it the first time around. But here's where you really work on this concept because it plays an important role in how we ventilate the patient. It is a concept that usually you have to hear multiple times over a longer period of time before it really clicks and sticks. It's normal to feel confused or unsure of this subject in the beginning, and it will probably feel like you get it and then forget it multiple times before it really stays. Just keep practicing. Write your formulas out every day, multiple times, until you can write them easily and without looking. Verbalize them also. You should do this with every formula you come across, and there are many in mechanical ventilation. So let's start with resistance. One thing that I find that students do is mix up restrictive disease. Make sure that you understand that resistance is not restriction in terms of restrictive versus obstructive disease. In fact, it is obstructive diseases that often have high resistance. Why is that? Remember in the last episode, I mentioned that resistance is in the airways. Things that will restrict airflow going from the circuit through the artificial airway all the way up until the respiratory zone. Remember, the respiratory zone is the respiratory bronchioles to the alveoli. With obstructive disease, there's inflammation and bronchospasm, potentially mucus in the airways. These are things that will make it harder for air to flow through the airways. Other things that cause high resistance include water in the circuit, clogged HMEs, biting or kinking of the ET tube, and mucus plugs. When faced with increasing peak pressures and determining whether there is a resistance problem, your question should be, is this something that is happening in the circuit, ET tube, or conducting airways? If the answer is yes, then you know you have increased resistance. Also remember that plateau pressure will not be affected by resistance, only peak pressure. So the question might say, there is increasing peak pressure, but plateau pressure remains constant. What is the cause? You should be looking for a cause of increased resistance. The other way it might be worded is that there is an increase in trans airway pressure. Remember, this is the difference between PIP and PLAT, and that is part of the equation for RAW. RAW stands for airway resistance. And again, I want you to really think RAW is resistance of flow through the airways. Flow is also a part of the equation. Raw is equal to PIP minus PLAT divided by the flow rate. So if PIP is 20 centimeters of water, plateau pressure is 10 centimeters of water, and the flow rate is 50 liters per minute, I will do 20 minus 10 to get 10 centimeters of water, and then divide that by 50 to get 0.2. This gives me the answer in centimeters of water per liter per minute, but I need to convert to liters per second. So I'm going to multiply by 60 to get 12 centimeters of water per liter per second. 
You can also convert flow ahead of time, but you need to take the 50 liters per minute of flow and divide it by 60. I usually recommend that students do the conversion after because there is less risk of them plugging the wrong number into the base equation. Especially in the beginning, it is easier to pull the numbers you need from the information given, plug it into the equation, and then just do times 60 at the end. You're going to find that there are a lot of equations where you're going to do this, and it helps to keep things consistent. Just remember that this is generally a whole number, and so that should help prompt you to do the times 60. I also recommend going ahead and adding that step to your flashcards and to your writing and verbalizing routine. A non-intubated patient can have an error resistance of less than one centimeter of water per liter per second, but the ET tube adds resistance, and so normal is closer to five to six centimeters of water per liter per second. Anything greater than 10 is going to be considered high. We don't really have a low resistance. We're more concerned with a high airway resistance, although you do need to recognize improvement. This will be seen as a decrease in peak inspiratory pressure and a decrease in trans airway pressure, or it might be seen as an increase in tidal volume if I'm in pressure control mode. Just remember, increasing pressure is bad, and the bad thing for resistance is increased raw. Now let's move on to compliance. There are two compliance calculations, and I'm going to start with static compliance. That is the true compliance of the lungs when I'm talking about the ease of inflation of the alveoli. We're going to take resistance out of the picture and look at alveolar and chest wall compliance only. Therefore, things that affect compliance are going to be alveolar or chest wall issues. Fluid secretions or consolidation within the alveoli are going to make it harder to inflate them, thus decreasing compliance. Think harder to inflate means my lungs aren't being compliant. They aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. You might think of it as stiffer lungs. Essentially, they're being bad lungs. Diseases that may be affecting the alveoli themselves include pneumonia, atelectasis, ARDS, pulmonary fibrosis, and pulmonary edema. Decreased compliance or difficulty inflating the lungs can also be caused by something pushing against the alveoli like pleural effusion or pneumothorax, morbid obesity, abdominal distension, hemothorax, or severely enlarged liver. Things that push against the chest cavity or lungs themselves. An increase in compliance can occur due to the chest wall not having its normal stability, like in the case of flail chest. Emphysema is another cause of increased compliance, and this is frequently a test question, particularly in the classroom. This is caused by a decrease in elastance, which is the force that would normally oppose compliance. The lungs have a natural elastance to them. Think about a rubber band. They can stretch out, but then they also come back to a normal resting state. With emphysema, it's like stretching that rubber band way out. Over time, it's going to lose its elastance and recoil. Without the force opposing compliance, compliance increases. Normal compliance is about 100 mLs per centimeter of water, but when we are ventilating with positive pressure, pushing air into the lungs rather than pulling it in naturally, normal compliance decreases to more like 35 to 50 mLs per centimeter of water. Again, we're going to be more concerned with the bad thing than the good thing, so we're mostly looking for decreased compliance or compliance less than 35 mLs per centimeter of water. Compliance is always going to be volume over change in pressure. The volume will be tidal volume or corrected tidal volume if you are learning that. 
the change in pressure is going to look at the difference between PEEP and the higher pressure that we're using because PEEP is our baseline pressure or where we're starting from. So for static compliance, we are looking at alveolar pressure. That means pressure without flow. And so we're going to use plateau pressure. The equation will be tidal volume divided by plateau pressure minus P. If the tidal volume is 500 mLs, plateau pressure is 15 centimeters of water, and the PEEP is 5 centimeters of water, the equation will be 500 mLs divided by 15 minus 5 centimeters of water. You need to do the 15 minus 5 first. That will give me 10 centimeters of water, and then we'll do 500 mLs divided by that 10 centimeters of water to give us 50 mLs per centimeter of water. Once you really have plateau pressure tied in your mind with compliance, you will be able to more easily recognize that if plateau pressure is changing, that means compliance is changing. You should always look at this number first, either plateau pressure or static compliance. If it is changing, you know the change is compliance. Then consider whether it is a good thing or a bad thing. As plateau pressure increases, C-stat decreases. Increasing pressure means it's harder to inflate the alveoli, and the calculated C-stat, or compliance, goes down. Vice versa, if P-plat starts to decrease, then C-stat will increase, and that means there is an improvement in compliance. I find that it's usually easier for students to first identify if it's compliance or resistance, then label it good or bad, and then identify the actual change that is occurring. The last thing we need to talk about is dynamic compliance. Dynamic means with flow. The equation is still volume over pressure, but I'm gonna use peak pressure instead of plateau pressure. Because I'm calculating this with flow and peak inspiratory pressure, this number will be reflective of both compliance and resistance. It will be looking at the pressure needed to obtain the volume with flow going through the airways and then inflating the alveoli. This is used more as a trending tool than looking at it by itself. Just looking at dynamic compliance will not tell you if it's resistance or compliance. You need to look at static and dynamic together. Again, you're going to look at static first. If that number is not changing, then it is not a compliance change. The next number you'll look at is dynamic compliance. If it is changing and you know it's not compliance, then it must be resistance. But you do have to remember that a decreasing compliance is a bad thing. Bad resistance is an increase in resistance. So a decreasing dynamic compliance will mean an increase in raw. An increasing dynamic compliance means a decrease in raw. But again, only if static compliance is not changing. Dynamic compliance is always less than static compliance, just like plateau pressure is always lower than PIP. Compliance changes will affect PIP and dynamic compliance, as well as plateau pressure and static compliance, because it will take more pressure to inflate the alveoli during inspiration, even if there's no extra resistance in that airway. That is why it is key to look at static compliance first, and that will automatically tell you if it's a compliance problem. Again, if you don't see plateau pressure or C-stat changing and PIP and dynamic do, then it is raw, not compliance. I know I'm repeating myself a lot here, but there are going to be a lot of questions where you are given a trend over time, either static compliance and dynamic compliance or PIP and PLAT. And you're going to be asked, one, whether it's compliance or resistance, 
and two, whether it's worsening or getting better. There is lots of practice on the website, and often the visual of it helps more than just listening to audio. So I encourage you to check it out, and I'll also make some YouTube videos in the coming weeks. For now, let's test what you know. Question number one, what is the equation for airway resistance? Draw is equal to PIP minus plateau pressure divided by the flow rate. Don't forget to time 60 at the end. Remember, trans airway pressure overflow. Look at the unit of measurement in a multiple choice question. Sometimes that can trigger your memory of the equation. The answer is in centimeters of water per liter per second. That means that you will have pressure on the top and liters per minute turned into liters per second on the bottom. Question number two, what is the equation for static compliance? Static compliance is equal to the tidal volume divided by plateau pressure minus P. Again, use your unit of measurement if you can't remember which is on top and which is on bottom. You'll see it's gonna be mLs or liters over centimeters of water, volume over pressure. Question number three, what is the equation for dynamic compliance? Dynamic compliance is equal to the tidal volume divided by PIP minus PEEP. Remember that we're looking for compliance with flow and flow is dynamic, think movement. Question number four, if peak pressure increases, but plateau pressure remains the same, what does that mean? There is an increase in airway resistance. This may also be worded as increased trans airway pressure. Question number five, what are some causes of increased resistance? We're going to look for answers that will be found in the airway and prevent good airflow. So bronchospasm and or inflammation, mucus or mucus plugging in the airways, ET tube or HME, water in the circuit, kink or biting of the ET tube. Question number six, if plateau pressure and PIP are both increasing, but trans airway pressure is staying the same, what does that mean? It means that there is a decreased compliance. If plateau pressure is changing, then compliance is changing. If pressure goes up, that's a bad thing. The bad compliance thing is a decreased compliance. Question number seven, what are some causes of decreased compliance? We're going to look for answers that are in the alveoli or pushing against the alveoli. So things like pneumonia, atelectasis, consolidation, ARDS, pulmonary edema, pulmonary fibrosis, pneumothorax, pleural effusion, abdominal distension, morbid obesity. These are some of the more common causes. Question number eight. At what point is airway resistance considered high? It's gonna be greater than 10 centimeters of water per liter per second. Question number nine. At what point is compliance considered decreased?
decreased compliance is less than 35 mLs per centimeter of water. Question number 10. If static compliance remains the same and dynamic compliance is increasing, it's going up, what does that mean? It means that there is a reduction in airway resistance or an improvement in airway resistance. If compliance isn't changing, it isn't a compliance issue. If it isn't compliance, it must be resistance. An increasing dynamic compliance is a good thing. It means it's easier to fill. A good resistance thing is a decrease in resistance. That's it for this episode. We'll talk about different breath types in the next one. But in the meantime, you can find more practice and information about compliance and resistance on the website. If you create an account and go into the mechanical ventilation course and then scroll down to intro part one, you'll find free unlocked practice there. But then there's also a deeper dive in the measurement section of intro part two. Again, that can be found at www.mybresp.com, myvresp.com. You can also find RT Study Hall on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time.